This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select Ezekiel Elliott. And now, your hosts, Dane Brugler, David Hellman, and Brian Broaddus. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Draft Show from the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star. Brian Broaddus from DallasCowboys.com. Dane Brugler, CBS Sports, contributor to DallasCowboys.com. David Hellman, writer for DallasCowboys.com. And Kent Garrison, executive producer. Once again, we do welcome you to the Draft Show where we attempt to investigate and educate going to get into some things today that I think will be very pertinent to what we're going to be talking about here in the future. I think Dane shares my disdain right now for rules that are going to be, that are happening uh, within the combine. Right. I've always loved the combine and uh, I've always thought it was a major part of what we did. The medical information to me was always the most important. I can go to Tallahassee or Gainesville or these places and time a guy. I just need to know how healthy these guys are. We'll get into that in just a second. We're also going to get into our staple of Twitter on the 20. Need your help right there for that. Want to take the opportunity. You know, I see a lot of Twitter questions to Dane Brugler. I see a lot of questions to David Hellman about players. This is your opportunity. You know, take this opportunity. You know, full advantage of it. Tweet at the draft show. And that's where you're going to get your questions answered there on Twitter on the 20. You know, if you have a question about, hey, Dane, what do you think about this guy, uh, the the Muhammad kid from Miami? You know, he didn't play the whole year. Give me some idea what you think about the guy. You know, that's your opportunity. We appreciate it. We want interaction with the fans. We also believe that, you know, like we said, it's, uh, it's our job to try and talk these things through and give you the best educated uh, opinion you can have on these players. We're also going to have a, a little opportunity to – David Hellman has also created a – a, a, I don't want to call it a game, but a, a discussion. Something you know, I think yeah. about around this time of year. Yeah, and, and Dave wants to know, hey, we talk about a lot of guys a lot of the time, but who are the guys we're not talking about? You know, that's, that's, I think that's important. I think our, our, our vocabulary about these players is pretty extensive. You know, Dane's is a little bit further along than mine, but I'm getting there. Well, who are we talking about too much? Or also? too much, yeah. Yeah, that's the big one for me. Yeah. I mean, and you know, the senior bowl plays a role in that and sure. The the the, the media darlings, the guys that you knew were going to be big draft picks before the football season even ended and oh. you know, now is the time where narrative gets replaced by people watching tape and developing opinions and things like that and I we all know for a fact media that scouts are catching up with the draft scouts. Somebody we're not talking about is going to be like yeah. a top 15 pick. It Absolutely. Depends on yeah, so we're going to get into that today, and if we have an opportunity, we'll take some of your calls. Uh, numbers are on the screen, 888-855-2297. You know, uh, I encourage you. I ask Kent, hey, do we have any calls? Maybe at the end of the show we can grab a couple if we have some time, but that's a, a couple of different ways. That's what the show is going to be today, so hope everybody will follow along with us uh, in that in that regard. And, uh, Dane, I, I do want to talk to you about this, and, David, I want to talk to you about this combine rule. Tell me, tell, t- explain the rule first. You're good at explaining things. Explain the rule and explain to me why it's hurting NFL clubs. And it's hurting players, too. It is. And this new rule, it's, it's new this year. Uh, basically, once a player is invited to the combine, they are subject to a background check. And if that background check comes back with any type of felony or misdemeanor conviction connected to a violent crime, sexual assault, domestic violence, that type of thing, then that combine invite is rescinded. And right. so that has affected Chad Kelly, uh, the old Miss quarterback. That has affected Joe Mixon from Oklahoma. Um, a few other guys, the Baylor wide receivers, Amora, uh, Str- uh, Stringfellow, the wide receiver from Ole Miss, and a few others. So it's something that is keeping guys from going to the combine. And to me, it's just it's very counterproductive. Um, you know, the combine is a place. You know, mentioned the medicals. Yes, that's first and foremost. Yes, I think a close second is the interview process. A chance for right. these uh, teams and coaches to get acquainted with players. Um, and I think people they say, oh well, they screwed up. You know, they don't get to go. Well, the combine's not a reward. 
No. It's a job interview. It's a job interview. It's, for just, sure. it's a step in that job interview. And a job interview is as important for the interviewer mm-hmm. as it is for the interviewee. You know, oh, absolutely right. Both. So if I'm a company and I'm investing in into a person, I want to know everything about them. I want to be comfortable with them. And we know the NFL will, you know, they don't have necessary, not every team has standards in terms of who they'll take on their team. And this a combine's a chance to get to know a Joe Mixon better, Chad Kelly better, understand their circumstances, find out more about them. Not being at the combine is not going to sway a team from not drafting them. Right. So now it forces them to go and get that more information elsewhere at the pro day, personal workouts, you know, fly them in, uh, that type of deal. So it, it makes for a team, it makes my job harder. If I'm an NFL right. team, and for a, a player like Joe Mixon. He gets to avoid the media uh, firestorm. The scrutiny of it all, right? He gets to avoid the uh, the speed dating interview process at the combine, and he still gets to work out his pro day. So, really, I don't. It doesn't hurt team or the player as much as it hurts the NFL teams who are trying to find out as much information about these guys. And so, I really think this is a thinly veiled attempt by the NFL to avoid negative PR and people talking about Joe Mixon. At, at the Combine. Right. They don't, they don't want the Combine to be dominated by... It's uh, a TV event. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, everything you just said I agree with, and at the same time I can, I can feel the other side of that coin. I think you're absolutely right. The problem is the Combine kind of has become a reward. I mean, like, that's not the intention, obviously, but it's a tel- nationally televised event that does better ratings than some other sports like playoffs. You know, I mean, everybody sits around and watches. Rich Eisen runs the 40. There's going to be a thousand media members there. Uh, and, you know, I mean, um, you don't have to think back that far. Byron Jones sets a world record in the broad jump and becomes a household name among sure. NFL fans. Uh he was not that when he showed up in Indy. And so you th- you think about that kind of spotlight, it, it's a lot like, um, it's not on the same level, but it's like getting invited to the green room at the draft. It's like for the elite players, they put them on TV, they show you running the drills, it, and it's a TV event. And, I mean, I agree with everything Dane said. I think teams, that's what they're there for. Uh, but the NFL looks at it as so much more than that because of how they've monetized every event on the schedule. I mean, every single thing the NFL does is a monetized watch party at this point. Yeah. Uh, so I get their rationale for not doing it, but yeah, it's just a pain. It's a pain in the butt for these teams because now they just have to work that much harder. And to Dane's point, it's not going to stop them anyway. Right. And the Joe Mixon deal, we know the details, you know, we know the video, we know everything that's going on. But that's not always the case. With some of these other players, the details aren't well known, and so they need to find out the circumstances. They want to find out more about the player. Joe Mixon is a player that's been a hot-button issue for a while, and he will be the next few months. But for uh, some of these other guys, teams need to find out more information about him. And let's be honest. Is this rule going to really prevent anything else from happening? You know, is Joe Mixon not do what he did if uh, he understood that he wouldn't be able to go to the Combine? No, it's not going to prevent future things from happening it's just i and i and i i don't disagree with with dave because it is uh, you know it is an event it, that's how the nfl looks at it but i think first and foremost it has to be a job interview and they have to they're protecting the shield i get that but they also have to look out for the 32 clubs and realize that they have a job to do and they're really this rule is hurting them do their job yeah i think and i i'll tell you where i disagree with you on this I disagree about hurting the player, or it doesn't hurt the oh, player. Oh, it does. It does. And I, and I, I you know what, it, it, you know, I, I think that the first, the first opportunity that these players really have to sit down, you know, they, we didn't have a chance to sit down with Joe Mixon at the Senior Bowl. You know, this will be, this will be a lot of general managers, owners, you know, those guys that are involved. This will be their first opportunity to see these guys, or would have been their first opportunity, you know. I think even though it's a 15-minute, like you say, speed dating, I think that 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 type of the type of relationship that that first one meeting can get an owner to say, you know what, I'm comfortable with this kid. I'd like to bring him back when we have our 30 visits, you know. And there are going to be people that are going to have Joe Mixon off the board, and maybe they have it off him off the board right now because of what they believe. But I also believe that you also need to hear Joe Mixon's side of the story, too. Yeah. And maybe that Joe Mixon goes from being a guy that's off a board or Chad Kelly or whoever is not getting to come to the combine 
I believe they, that they deserve that right to explain their side of the story and let somebody have the opportunity to say, you know what, I still don't feel comfortable with them. I, w- I don't want anything to do with this guy. Mm-hmm. You might recall our guy Jeremy Hill a few years ago had a chance to own up for all of his off-field stuff. He wrote a letter to like every sure. GM and coach in the league. And yeah, I mean, you know, make, I don't know, feel how you want to feel, make your own judgments. But I mean, again, control. none of this, yeah, none of this is going to stop teams from looking into Mixon. So, as, I mean, you would want him to have the chance to talk to his future employers. And yeah, I, I think you're right. It does hurt him not to just have, first of all, that first impression. Second of all, that access to everybody. Because yeah. now you got to go to Norman to get, or wherever he is, Phoenix. You I don't know, know, right? Yeah. And I, I, I didn't mean to infer that it doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt the player because it does. You know, mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to uh, put your best foot forward and, you know, show yourself both, uh, you know, not only just in the athletic drills, but in the interview process. I just meant it It hurts teams more than it hurts the players, in my opinion. You know, because the teams have to do a little bit more work now uh, where the player still has opportunities uh, to show, you know, pro days and different things like that. You know, teams are still, 30 to 32 teams will still be at Oklahoma's pro day. So I think it hurts teams more than it hurts the player uh, but it still does hurt the player, no question. Would you like the opportunity to ask Joe Mixon questions at the combine? Oh, of course, absolutely. I mean, uh, y- you want to. I mean, if you want, if you want to be, is that a missed opportunity for us in the media as well to get to know Joe Mixon a little bit better? I think so. Yeah, and honestly, you could. I mean, we're all we're all pointing the finger at him. Yeah, we're. It's a horrible video. Don't and get me wrong. You know what? And with how little Mixon has been in the public eye and really been available for comment during this whole thing, I really think the media would take this opportunity. You think back to when Oklahoma was in the playoffs a couple of two seasons ago, mm-hmm. they didn't make him available. They didn't they make him available at all. Didn't want him to talk about it. And he doesn't have those restrictions now. And I, you know, I think college football writers, I think the media in general would make it a point to kind of, Grill him, basically. Yeah. I, and I think it would be good. I'd like to see how he'd handle it. Well, and the yeah. Combine has these guys every year. You Combine's know, pressure. A couple years I ago, I remember Manti Teo. That was right yeah. after that situation. He had to go up uh, to the con- or to the, the podium and you know face the firing storm. And, and that's something that, uh, I, you know, there's a guy every year like that. And, you know, Noah Spence to an extent last year. Sure. Happened to Kim Dietschy last year. Right, another one. Um, so, yeah, there's – he would have – Mixon would have been that guy this year where – you hear his name called, and all of a sudden you see a flood of media storming towards the the podium. So we won't get that opportunity. Uh, who knows if he'll be available at the pro day or how that will be handled by his agent. And so, yeah, it's – I think bottom line with this rule is I, I don't really believe in the intent of the rule. Um, I, I think it makes the jobs harder for all 32 teams. And I, I think, you know, they're... That's nothing new for the NFL, by the way. I'm I mean, going to say... several teams that agree. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I, I t- tell... Okay, talk, the discussions you've had right. with teams. You know, the discussions that you have. And I, I, you know, I mean, you and I know a lot of the same guys. I mean, I've been around a lot longer, so I know a few more guys than you. But, but what's, the, what's, your, what's the team's reaction been? We talked about what our reaction is. What's the team's reaction to this? And when I talk to teams about who isn't at the Combine... A lot of times I get the response good because that, you know, hopefully we're hiding him. You know, there's a player from Southwest Louisiana that no one really knows about or, or, you know, only four teams. The coach told me only four teams went through there this fall. You know, he's kind of hidden. He's not going to be at the combine. That's good. We might have a, you know, a chance to get him late. Uh, So most cases, that's how those conversations go. But this is completely different. Because, you know, they want to know more about the player. They want to find out more information. And, you know, I, I, they, this makes their job harder, and they absolutely agree. Yeah. I, I just don't, like I said, the NFL has made their the, – the, the league office knows the train schedule to Connecticut. They just don't know what goes on here at the club level yeah, I, every day. And I think that's a big – I think that's really a big issue here. We speak I, – I feel confident saying I'm speaking for, like, the silent majority of team – personnel employees who i mean mm-hmm. the nfl does their best to not make it about football that's fair i mean all across the board like i said everything's monetized everything's televised everything is done with the intent of making money and generating viewers more so than i never football. believed i've said this before i never believed sitting there in 1992 mm. that they would ever have the combine on television i never i always thought you know and, and that's and talk about you know, dave you said thousand you know media people 
I remember when there was like eight. I remember a guy like Rick Goslin. By the way, happy birthday, Goose, if you're listening today. Happy birthday. Yeah, and he was one of the eight guys, and it was that, that was the way it was. But I, it, it is. It's a, it's, a big, it's a big deal now. The draft is a huge business. You can tell by the numbers that it's unbelievable. You know, the, the, the reach that we have here on the draft show. I can't. I still can't wrap my head around the fact that the first round of the draft is a primetime event <laughs> instead of just you know Saturday morning to Saturday night, yeah, and then Sunday morning. Yeah, no, it's it's it, the draft is a is a special thing, and you know we've all we've all learned that we're we're living that right now, clearly living that, and I I just I, I just feel I feel badly, I feel badly for the players. I you know I the, the teams you get around it, the teams get around it. I See, feel bad for the players. I'm not going to go far enough as to say I feel badly. What, because the players put them in this posi- themselves in this position? On one hand, yes, you put yourself on this position. On the other hand, like I just We said, all make mistakes? I know for a fact it's not going to affect anything. Like, it's going to be a little bit harder for these clubs to get the information they want. It's not, it's not Joe Mixon's getting drafted regardless of whether he's at the combine. I, if he doesn't get drafted, I'll be stunned. And so, you know. So you're okay with the rule? I think the rule is disingenuous, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, I guess is what I'm saying. That's fair. And I I do think Brian did mention something interesting about, you know, if a player like Joe Mixon wasn't really on the board or we, you know, a team goes into the combine thinking, we're not going to draft this guy. Why not Uh, talk to him? But after you talk to him. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, okay. You know, maybe you, that interview went a little different than we thought. Yeah. You know, and kids, so, maybe the kids can be honest about what happened. Okay, but this and, is sorry, Dane. Well, instead of just sending an area scout to the pro day, sure. Maybe you also send the director of scouting. Absolutely. You, you just you never know what an opportunity like the combine could trigger. So, I I, I do agree that it's disingenuous. I do agree that um, it's probably not going to change anything. But I do think there is that little bit of a chance that maybe it could you know maybe another team could be in the mix for a joe mixon because of the combine you have all your personnel there you have i mean there's owners involved there's general managers involved there's directors of college scouting and pro scouting there's guys involved here this is the nfl like they're gonna i heard jim garrett say that one time about randy moss and i'm well i'm not well yes and he was absolutely right it's not the boy scouts it's the the nfl at the end of the day if you can play it doesn't matter but my point is like we're we're talking about a billion upon billion dollar industry like these guys are going to do what they need to do to turn over every stone if they got to fly some a few more people to norman for pro day because of that or to have a private workout i mean how many how many workouts do these guys have with teams Teams and coaches that are not widely publicized, you know. Sure. Oh no, absolutely. That's and, that, and you're they, absolutely right about they that. They will get the job done. It will be a little more inconvenient because it, you can't just knock it all out at the combine. Maybe but. I'm being selfish then because I don't get to ask Joe Mixon a I, question. Yeah, and I, I mean it, it's a loss for us because he's one of the most polarizing and interesting, second best back on my board. Yeah, yep, agree. Me too. He's, I, I'd like to know. Yeah, here's the last thing I'll say about this, but um, with Joe Mixon. He's not going to be drafted based on what a scout thinks or even the director of scouting. He's going to be drafted based on what the general manager thinks. Maybe that's why Brian. Owner. Maybe that's why Brian's harping on this so much because he knows that he works for a team that has a lot of leeway in the draft process. Yeah. Well, and, and but that's I think going back to what Brian said about if Joe Mixon's in that room, because if he if you know there's no guarantee that a general manager will go to the pro day and he'll you know yeah. So if Joe Mixon's getting drafted by your team, he needs to be signed off by the general manager. Right. And his only FaceTime with certain general managers might only be at the Combine. So it's it's really an inter- interesting wrinkle to the Combine this year and how it's going to fully evaluate or fully uh, play out throughout the draft process. One and done? I, I, w- I don't know. Who knows? I, I'll go ahead and say it. I think NFL teams are going to, you know. Going to complain like heck. Oh, sure. Yeah, because it's going to make their job harder. And yeah. I, I think – you know, it's not it's not worth it. Uh, you know, the combine's job interview, and I think that's how it should be looked at. But it's also a TV event, and the NFL protects the shield at all costs. So you never know. The NFL is too powerful and too stubborn to retract a rule after one year. I bet you it'll it will deal with this for two or three years, and then they'll quietly get rid of it. That would be my guess. I'm going to ask this question to Stephen Jones on Tuesday when we get there at that competition committee there meeting. You go. Get after it. Uh, that's what they're, hey, there's guys in there like Ozzie Newsom, people like that, you know, that general manager type guys. I, I'm with them though. I mean, hey, don't 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 keep me from doing my job. And and you're right, Dave. We'll we'll waste money to fly all over the world. You're absolutely right about that. Does Joe Mixon get picked before 135? The Dak pick. 
Yes. I think so. I agree with both of you, which is, again, I'm not going to lose any sleep over this. Like, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, he might, he might go higher. He should go higher if you're just basing on ability, but I can't talk to the guy. Yeah. Well, and you know, I have you, to fly, man. You, you, I'm mad about this. You can't talk to the guy, but the people who will. Oh, sure. Him uh, but I'm mad. I'm mad because I want to learn about this guy. I know. It's, it, it's a bad situation, but I want to learn. The film is damn good. Oh, yeah. Film's it, damn great. Well, depends on, what, that. depends on what film you're talking Le'Veon, about. Le'Veon. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. You uh, you get flashes of Le'Veon Bell watching him. Uh, yeah. That's just, he's that type of back. One thing I did want to mention with, you know, with the combine list coming out, um, just because a player's not on the list, you know, the three. Give me those numbers again. Doesn't mean he's not going to be there. Last year, uh, there were 253 draft picks. 38 were non-combine guys. So 15% of the title, the total draft pool last year who were drafted did not go to the combine. There were omissions and uh, oversights. So it doesn't mean anything. And then on the flip side, 332 players were invited last year. 117 combine guys went undrafted. So just because you do get a combine invite doesn't mean that you're going to get drafted. Over 100 will go undrafted this year. wonder if we're doing too many favors for programs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Getting guys in that probably aren't deserving of being in the combine. National, they uh, they do things their way. Huh? NFS, they uh, they invite who they want. They take a little bit of input from outside sources. Yeah, but maybe they need to listen a little more. Yeah. I love I love when Dane throws shade. It's oh, like it's it's all right in shade. my book. All right, hey, when we come back, good discussion about that. Next week, we'll get into the guys that are there at the combine, the guys that aren't at the combine, because uh, we'll just be uh, a few days away from the combine actually start. Matter of fact, we're going to have. Draft coverage starting uh, Tuesday, I believe, uh, February 28th, and go through uh, that Saturday. So we'll be there every day. We'll have a show from the draft. Uh, the draft show will be there every day in Indianapolis like we did last year and hopefully um, have some people involved and bring you all the update information. So when we come back, uh, we're going to get a little Twitter on the 20. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Draft Show from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. With unlimited data from AT&T, you can stream your favorite DirecTV content almost anywhere. Side effects may include sports-induced public celebrations, yes! increased desire to share spoilers, and repeated late-night use of the phrase. Just one more episode. The unlimited effect. Get unlimited data when you switch to AT&T Wireless and have DirecTV. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Must have eligible TV service. If you're not eligible, AT&T will move you to a new plan and overage charges may apply. Plan will include stream saver. Other restrictions apply. See store for plan details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military. And Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. I went to my first Cowboy football game at the Cotton Bowl when I was 10 years old. I've been a Cowboy fan ever since in the Super Bowl years and the not-so-good ones. Teamwork is what makes winners. At the law office of Domingo Garcia, we play as a team to win your case. If you have been hurt in a car or truck accident, injured on the job, call the law office of Domingo Garcia and join our winning team. With offices in Dallas, Houston, Austin, Odessa, and Tyler, we can help you in Texas. Call 214-941-8300. 214-941-8300. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Cowboys are on the clock. Back here at the Draft Show, MSWBC Mortgage Studios. Brian Broadus, Dane Brugler, David Hellman. Hey, guys, before we get this going on Twitter the 20, I do have to tell you about something that, David, I think you're experiencing right now, and you really uh, are a big fan of this product. In football, you know, Dave, <laughs> just in your plays are key to a win. But underwear, Dane, adjustments are something we'd rather avoid, right? That's why there's uh, Tommy John, the 21st century men's underwear that never rides up. Tommy John, no adjustment needing. Shop shop exclusively cowboy underwear at TommyJohns.com forward slash cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash cowboys. 
all about that Tommy John product. So thank them for coming on board with the Cowboys. I would never lie to our listeners, and I'm, I'm wearing it right now. It's yeah. It's awesome. It's phenomenal. I always talk about the socks. Big fan of the Tommy John socks. Good socks. But get it all. They got T-shirts, underwear, socks. All right. David Hellman. Yes. This segment was created by our great friend Ed Cahill. It is known as... Twitter on the 20. The floor right. is yours, the We're, senator from Florida. I want to try to go rapid fire today, get these questions in. Yeah, and, I, and that's at the draft show. I don't want to talk about the Miles Garrett video. It's a week old at this point. We don't need to do yeah. that. But Wayne wants to know. How about real, brownies right there, bro? Realistically, <laughs> I see the pain in Dane's eyes. Realistically, Wayne says, who is a guy or is there a guy that could slip down into the mid-range of the draft and prompt you to want to go get him? I think uh, Derek Barnett is the guy that I would point to. He's a Jason Garrett kind of guy. Um, And these pass rushers are going to fly off the board. And if you're sitting there at 28 and you don't think that your guy's going to get there, maybe you don't like Charles Harris as much. You know, maybe you're not as comfortable with the guys that'll be available in the late first round. You you, You really like Derek Barnett. You want to go get him. Trade up into the somewhere in the teens. Yeah, I could see that happening. I don't disagree with you there on that because I'm thinking that everybody else at that defensive end spot could fall to you. And I'm talking about McKinley, Lawson, Harris, those guys. I, I think the guys that are going to go off early are are Garrett, Thomas. You're right about Barnett. I mean, I I I, I think you're right. I think people are going to fall in love with him. You like any of those corners? Would you go after any one of those corners? I don't think I don't think Lattimore is going to fall. No, Tabor. Uh, you know I I like Tabor quite a bit. I, he's not a guy I'm going to trade up for. This corner class, see, the it's corner deep. class is so deep. It's deep. I you don't have to move. I can't justify trading up for a corner because I just feel great about a guy I like being there. Right. And I don't feel that way about pass. Well, and corners deep first and second round. I think pass rushers deep at certain pockets. You know, once those first round pass rushers are wiped out. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you feel comfortable reaching on another guy. So where with corner, I think there's more options. Uh, it's a very strong defensive end class, but in terms of depth in the first yeah. rounds, I feel better about corner. You see either one of those safeties dropping? You see Adams or, or Hooker because of injury? Uh, th- maybe there's a shot with Hooker because of the injuries. He won't work out before the combine. Yeah. That could be an issue with some teams. But And that's what my, my latest mock draft, I have Hooker falling to the Browns at 12. I, I couldn't see him falling far further than that. Yeah, that that's kind of the, the floor for him. Even with the as long as there's no long term effects with the the hernia surgery, the labrum, uh, as long as there's no long term effects, I don't think Hooker's going to fall far. Good start. Good question. Real good draft nerd question yeah. right here. Uh, well, that was, but here uh, Nick. This this is a Dane Brugler special right here. Nick says Chris Godwin, Zay Jones, Juju Smith Schuster, Isaiah Ford, rank them. Ford, Juju, and then I have Godwin and Zay pretty close. Uh, but they're very, I mean, I think they're very on a similar, well, I've got, see, I've got a 2-3 on Ford. I think he could be off the board in the second round. Yeah. Juju have more of a third or mm-hmm. maybe even a fourth. Um, I, third because of the speed probably, right? Right. He just doesn't have it. He's not going to consistently separate. Might have to keep him in the slot. Um, and I like Godwin and Zay quite a bit, but I, I don't love them. I, I think they're both in that 3-4 range. So Ford, I think, is a clear-cut one there for me. Uh, then probably Juju as a three. And then, I, you know, I know a lot of people like Zay Jones. Yeah. I, I don't see the, the first or second round talk. I see more of a, a third or fourth round guy. Same That's, thing with Godwin. I, I'm the same. I have Godwin actually in the second. If you ask me okay. to rank him, I would go Godwin, Ford, Schuster, and Jones, that's how I would rank them. So yeah, I you like I, Godwin more than I do. But I do. I like the big body. Mm-hmm. I like the I Heck like a how blocker. He, and yeah, and he covers some ground. I like his toughness. I like the fact he plays in cold weather. Not that he has to play, but you do play in cold weather games. You know, late in the year here with a Washington, a Philly Giant stuff. You got to be able to go make plays. This wide receiver class is really in that top one hundred. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's going to be kind of a, you know, what kind of type of receiver do you want and you know there's not going to be any type of consensus on these guys no like the defensive ends fascinating brian this one's this one's up your alley it's from eric uh thank you eric i know how much you hate the fact that they don't have a fifth round pick i hate that (laughs) 
What, and we just talked about the first, but just in general, where, I mean, is there a spot where you feel good about the odds of moving maybe back to get more picks or up for that matter? I don't want to give up. I know people hate when I say this. I don't want to give up the fifth year option because that just helps you in the long run. Yep. It just helps you, you know, sit there at 28. Now, if you're sitting there and we don't have the numbers, but somebody be smart and do the math for me, just add 31 basically to the 28. And what do you get? 59. I did that in my head. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. LSU. So, yeah, LSU, LSU guys. <laughs> and then, yeah. And so I'm sitting there thinking, though, that would you move back in the second round to pick up, maybe grab somebody's early third and grab somebody's fifth that way? I kind of, that, that's kind of a spot. I would, I, I think, though, but, but Dane is right. And I think we're all kind of seeing the way this draft, maybe that second round pick is going to have some huge value to it. Yeah. I mean, as far as a player that you really, really want. You know, that, that's where I think uh, you have to be careful of saying, okay, I'm going to plan. I, I went back and did a study of Bill Walsh's the draft where he went, he kept going back in, in 1986. Yeah. Where he took Roberts from Alabama, the defense. He kept going back. He went back. He went back. His initial plan wasn't to go back. His initial plan was to draft like guys like John L. Williams and that crew. And those guys went off the board ahead of him. And then all of a sudden he got a call. And he just and the and the players just kept falling. Matter of fact, he got a call from the Cowboys, and so he he just kept getting calls because the players on the board. And eventually, DeBartolo said, "Are you going to pick a player? You know, are you just going to you know?" But that's the way you kind of collect picks. Somebody has to be on the board that you really that they they really really covet, and maybe on the back end of that second round. But maybe there might be a guy that you covet as well. So you have to be a little careful by that. I think one thing to say about that late first round pick um, that fifth year option is valuable. It does right. have some value, but it also has some value in trade discussions. Right. And so yeah. you know, a team picking in the early second round that wants Absolutely. to get up in that late first to get that fifth year option. Oh, you're going to have to give me something to come get exactly. that pick. And so I, that's yeah. why I think you can't rule yeah. it out. Yeah. And I mean, we talk about if a Deshaun Watson or somebody, if a quarterback basically kind of pulls a Teddy Bridgewater, right. He's there where he's not supposed to be. Maybe you could fleece somebody. I'd I'd give up the fifth year option if somebody was willing to overpay the crap out of me. If like some, a next year's one, next year's one, or That's maybe a much. I don't think you're gonna get that. But maybe if I mean another two. If it's a quarterback like David's talking about, maybe I would I, do it. I would probably do it for. Two. We we we. I don't think any team's gonna give up an extra one to move up five spots. Don't kill my dream, Dane. But I, th- I a team with two twos, you maybe pick up a two and a three. I yeah. mean, I, I think that you're you gonna know. hold somebody up for that pick, though. You're gonna hold somebody up for that twenty eight. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it. What's it, your what's your level of tolerance? It, it, it depends who's there, who's available for me. Yeah, you know, it depends what my board looks like. Am I wiped out? Are there plenty of guys that I want? You know, oh, is, we might have some guys. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about defensive end and corners. That, that's what will ultimately make the decision for me. Do I feel better with? This player, or do I feel better uh, passing on these guys available and picking up, you know, maybe X and X down the road? So check the teams out when you get the numbers. Check the teams out with multiple picks. That's so that's where you kind of and you know because you really don't want to do next year's one or next year's picks. You know, you really don't. But you because you want to pick in this draft, especially with the depth that it has. I know the Titans have some picks, but they don't sure. need a quarterback, which bums me out. Yeah. But uh, okay, here's one from Chris, kind of Cowboys centric. But we talk a lot about tight end for this team. Um, he wants to know: Is that premature, given that you've got Witten, Hannah, and Swaim here? I, and you also got uh, Rico got Gathers, Rico Gathers, Gathers in the as wings well. Too. I mean, is, yeah. are we making too much of the potential need for a tight end? That was a mailback question this morning. Oh, because we, we were talking about Jeff Swain. That's what I get for taking the morning off to move. Yeah, and it to me, it you know, you you have to it, depending on the the tight end at that position, though. I mean, not that position, but that who the tight end is, because this thing is gonna there's gonna be some tight ends in this draft. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you take that second round pick we were talking about and talk about, but. Mm-hmm. Or somebody like I mean, this team's famous for for stashing the, taking the hurt guy and then moving on from there. Well, let's talk about these tight ends for a second. I mean, is is Hannah? You know, can you trust him to be healthy? Yeah, that's the big. That's a big uh, issue. I mean, Swain, right there. can you yeah. trust him to be a reliable number two tight end? Is See, he, the question was asked: Could Swain be a guy that Swain is a blocker developed? He's right. never going to be the physical specimen of Jason Witten, right? But he does have the down-the-field skills. He can catch the football. And he and when they did use him as a blocker through the first 12 weeks of the season, 
It's pretty or the first uh, through Cleveland, right? Yeah, it's, after mm-hmm. Cleveland. Yeah, you're, yeah, week ten. Yeah, nine. week ten. Yeah, exactly. Jason Witten's entering what age thirty five yeah. season, and I don't see a number two tight end on this roster. That's, I don't. I and. At the end of the day, if you get one of the better guys or a, a better guy, I don't think that Hannah or Swaim is an or Gathers is enough to stop you from doing that if it really seems like the best option. And I'll be honest, Gathers is a wild card because we haven't seen him. I yeah. mean, maybe you guys have seen him in practice. I, I know, but. I know that I know this for a fact. I know talking to some folks about him, he was one of Tony Romo's favorite targets on the scout team. Why he'd be I mean, my he, favorite too if he was that big. He wore he just wore them out. Throwing Roma wore him wore them out throwing the football to him, so we'll see. That would be exciting. We'll see. Here's here's one from D Ware. I don't think it's that D Ware, but a little Ohio State action. Tell me tell me about Curtis Samuel, Dane. Fit and grade. He's the East Coast Christian McCaffrey. He can do a little bit of everything for you. Uh, he, you want to line him with the backfield, put him out in the slot. He's actually listed as a wide receiver on the combine roster, Ugh. which I, I I grade him as a running back. I did too. He averaged 7.9 yards per carry over his career, so I'm not going to take him out of the backfield. Uh, but I think the moment you label him as a wide receiver or a running back, I think you're missing the point. I mean, he's both. He can do everything that you want either of those positions to do out of the slot, out of the backfield. Um, really explosive. Uh, he's basically a more explosive version of Theo Riddick, who does an exceptional job with the Lions okay, yeah. as a receiver out of the backfield. I like that. So I think Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, you probably need to give him in the first round. Curtis Samuel is the guy you get in the second round if you miss out on McCaffrey. Yeah, I actually had a third-round grade on him, but I graded him as a running back, and I had McCaffrey ahead of him. Mm-hmm. No, I, I do, and I and I, I but I because I think that there's really more you can do. But you're right. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a far off uh, comparison at all. I I, I will I, I the thing I liked I didn't think he was smooth running routes. That's I mean when I watched him he looked like a running back trying to run routes. Right. That's where I was thinking. Well, how do I develop that? And then and all of a sudden they hand him the ball in the backfield and I'm running watch him hit the corner, run over somebody. Make a cut. I'm like, well, wait, why is not? Why is he not a running back? He's the best player on that Ohio State offense this past year. Yeah, I mean, he was the best player. And center's pretty good though. You hate the center, I know. They didn't give him the ball enough. Uh, I mean, it, it, Curtis Samuel. If they gave him the high volume touches of a Christian McCaffrey, yeah. he would have been in the Heisman discussion. I really believe that he's that type of talent. So Homer. Homer. No, he's not being a homer here. Curtis Samuel is a top 50 pick in this draft. If you want to get Curtis Samuel, you better have a top 50 pick. Follow me on this. Well, it won't matter if that's the case. But so you, had him, you, had him clean, you had him clean two. Yes, clean he, two. he's my top 50. Yeah. Clean two. Okay. Everything you're saying and everything I've seen of him with my own eyes tells me great player. I don't know what the Cowboys would do with him. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, he's not replacing Terrence Williams. He's not that guy. No. Uh, and you have Zeke. And you can, I mean, you can get another Lance Dunbar with less than a top fifty pick. Right? Do you have a do you have a backup if they if they totally went another direction with running backs? If they totally just got rid of every every they didn't sign back McFadden Morris they moved on from, who would you want to be the backup running back to Ezekiel Elliott out of this draft? Joe Mixon. <laughs> oh, it would. I love you, man. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I really it do. Really wouldn't. I, I really do. I don't want to go that down that rabbit hole again, but you know. That, no, we're not. I won't make you do that. I, I, I answer the question. I, I mean, if you can get him in the third or fourth round, <laughs> you know. <laughs> God, I love that. Just give me, give me Darren McFadden on a very cheap deal, and then draft me another Darius Jackson in like the. By six, the way, six, the scouts round. are still miffed by that Darius Jackson deal. They should be. Scouts yeah. are miffed, when they, especially they look be. at their free agent list now mm-hmm. and the players they could have moved on from. Especially that they're not going to bring back. Correct me if I'm wrong that they did that for Randy Gregory. They got rid of him to put Randy yeah. back on the roster, right? Yeah. And he was around for two weeks, and now yeah. he's gone for a yeah. year. Exactly. I hate it so much. Yeah. Um, Mike. How about one more, Dave, if you got it? Okay. Uh, we're, it's too soon to talk about Tim Williams, right? We, we don't know anything more about him. Tim no. Williams is working out here in Dallas, when I understand. That's oh, yeah? Yeah. Sh- I think he's at the Michael Johnson I'm, Speed School. Here in Frisco. Yeah. 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 I'm going to shelve him because we – just I, we talked about him before. We don't have any new information to share. Right. Sorry, Justin. Ask again at the combine. One of the better better pass rushers, defensive end, Alabama. Top one ten of the, talent. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we will learn about why he's probably not going to go in the top ten in the coming weeks. I would Speaking guess. of Gregory, 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I get to ask him some questions. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. We well, I'll just ask. I mean, it's it's tough. I know, but Tim Williams. Yeah. And then you got your Joe Mixon. I mean, which one of those scares you less? Basically, is what he Mixon wants to know. Well, and right now there's more unknown. I know, and that's Williams. I feel I, it's Mixon hard to is answer. three years removed, or going on three years right. removed from what happened. But we don't even have a full picture on what we're scared of with Tim Williams. Correct. All we're, I know we're is scared of what we just saw happen to this team for the last two years. Yeah, and, and with point. Tim Williams, there's. Where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's been a lot of smoke. You can go back to when he was recruited. He went to high school on the LSU campus, right. and LSU backed off. And yeah. They said, I don't really know if we want this guy. Alabama for that? I, I, I covered Tim Williams' recruitment. I was like one of the first reporters to kind of get to know him when he started getting offers. So, What would you think? I thought it was weird that a kid who grew up in the shadow of LSU's stadium literally wound you go, up University High? Where yeah, you go? Mm-hmm. University High on yeah. campus. Wow. Uh and I mean, nice guy, but I mean, that was five, six years ago. At this what a point. pass rusher, though. Yeah, and, but there's a, just a lot we don't know. Why did he only play uh, X amount of snaps? I mean, he only played, like, he was under 30 snaps a game as a senior. Yeah. Under 30 snaps a game. Didn't like the rotation in Alabama? Uh, no. I mean, I think he does okay against the run. He's not terrible. No. But why is he only playing under, th- you know, is it an intelligence issue? Uh, can he not oh. handle the responsibilities? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that we need to figure out with Tim Williams. Uh, it really makes his draft stock really volatile. Yeah. All right, Dave. So, well, and to your point, I, Mixon's got the worst, most horrible baggage of anybody in this draft that we got know a video. Of. And yet, you're saying, you know, one time isolated incident long enough, long ago enough that it doesn't bother you. It bothers me what happened, but I think that I think that uh, he's paid his time for this. And now he's going to have to interview for a job, and that's what everybody's going to bring up on him. I think I think that is a. I mean, it's a decent discussion. Is you know, oh, we won't get there again. No, I'm just, but for all we know, Mixon will never be in trouble again. I mean, he he hasn't had an issue since then. No, absolutely. Whereas, no. And, I think, from and I think one minor issue, but yeah, I think that's the. I think that's ticket. the. I think that's the the thing that will haunt him. But okay. as long as he plays, but and he will be a PR nightmare for whoever takes him on, or Tim Williams who seems like a significantly less of a PR nightmare, but you could wind up in another Randy Gregory situation where you right. don't even I don't need have to go down that road again. Nope. This, this kid, from what I understand, can't stop. I'm glad that I don't have to make these types of decisions. Yeah. Thanks a lot there, folks. On yeah, Twitter good on questions. The we really appreciate you, Dave. Uh, coming back uh, from here from the SWB, SWBC Mortgage Studios, uh, Dave Hellman has another little uh, thing for us to do, so uh, we'll uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. With unlimited data from AT&T, you can stream your favorite DirecTV content almost anywhere. Side effects may include sports-induced public celebration, increased desire to share spoilers, and repeated late-night use of the phrase. Just one more episode. The unlimited effect. Get unlimited data when you switch to AT&T Wireless and have DirecTV. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Must have eligible TV service. If you're not eligible, AT&T will move you to a new plan and overage charges may apply. Plan will include stream saver. Other restrictions apply. See store for plan details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, Cowboy legends, cheerleaders, and me, Brian Broaddus. Want to stay at the team hotel? With Star Sports Tours, you can. And our outstanding ticket selection is unmatched. You can trust official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys and with us you'll travel like a pro visit starsportstours.com to book your travel packages today when an injury keeps you from being active you want one place that has the expertise to care for all your orthopedic needs as the largest not-for-profit healthcare system in Texas Baylor Scott and White Health is ready to care for you as a whole person from athletic injuries to arthritis you'll get personalized care from orthopedic specialists So no matter where life finds you, today or in years to come, trust that we'll be there to care for you. To find a physician, visit BaylorScottAndWhite.com. 
This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. The Cowboys are on the clock. Back here at the SWBC Mortgage Studios with the Draft Show. Hey, thanks to everybody out there that uh, has been listening to our podcasts. Uh, you know, this opportunity we have, we, we love doing this every week. It's something that I really look forward to. I know David and Dane look, to, look forward to it as well. The interaction we have with the fans and you know we we just appreciate uh, everything you guys do for us the the twitter questions uh the, the back and forth it, it makes our job a lot of fun too and so uh highlight of my week yeah personally. but uh, but again thank you very much for for going on and and even i go and read the comments and stuff too if you put comments on the podcast you get it that way i, I go back and read all that stuff and you know, we'll try and make this thing better uh, any way we can so uh, you guys can enjoy it. So, all right, David, I'm going to give the, the last 15 minutes of the show to you. I appreciate that. You, uh, Thank you. You tell us exactly what you're going to do with this. So, and, you know, we always say the draft process is incredibly fluid. It changes, the names rise and the names fall, and we're not talking about somebody that we will be talking about in a month and a half. And after we get back from the Combine? Yeah, one of those deals. Or we're we're talking a lot about somebody we won't be talking about. Right. I'll ne- it's burned into my brain. Braxton Miller was a great example of this. That's uh, a fair point. And I mean, that's no disrespect to him. He was still a high draft pick, but you know, it probably talked about him too much as compared to the other receivers. Got exactly. legs and yeah. So, yeah. I want to know. Y'all watch the film. Y'all are the nerds. We, you know, sitting here heading into the combine. And I, I got a few positions in mind specifically tailored for the Cowboys, obviously. Gotcha. Uh, who, who, who's getting too much hype right now? Who are we talking too much about? Like, right, I just wrote down, uh, Dane said uh, Barnett a minute ago, the Tennessee defensive end. Charles Harris is a guy that we're hearing a lot about these days. Tack McKinley. Tack McKinley, yeah. Tack McKinley is. Lawson. Carl Lawson. Another, another guy. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So we, we know that. Who. Who are we not talking about that y'all think maybe we should be? Specifically when it comes to pass rushers. Well, I kind of twist this for a second. I think we might be talking too much about Tack McKinley because he's not going to be an option at 28. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think he might be able to – we might see a Vic Beasley type of rise uh, after – Injury and all. And Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, from the combine. That's a big we'll part get, of it. Yeah, yeah, But exactly. I think at the combine, McKinley's going to run a 4-5. Oh, there's no doubt I about think that. Yeah. His 10-yard split's going to be yeah. outstanding. That's actually a good point. Okay, so maybe in the grand scheme of things, we're not talking about him enough because people are talking about him as an option for the right. Cowboys. And he could go way higher. Right. We're talking too much about him as an option for the Cowboys, not enough as a top 15, top 20 type guy. Okay. I, you know, the Falcons took Vic Beasley in a top 10 and right. that was looked at as, oh, wow, you know, they – Tommy's reaching. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, with his sack production this year sure. – I think, you know, it, it, it proved to be an okay pick. And I think Tack McKinley could be in a similar type of uh, type of thing with he's going to test really well. He's a very good athlete. Uh, he could end up going a lot higher than, you know, we were talking about now and not even sniff uh, the 20s, let alone the Cowboys at 28. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think that to me, he's a guy, everybody's, I've always kind of thought of him being at 28 because even more now with the injury, I thought about that. The injury is the wild but, card, sure. And then and then Lawson, I kind of thought he was always going to be that guy too at 28. So I can understand, especially when people put him in these mock drafts. You know, that's the question I always get. Oh, is this a good guy? You know, is this a, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a good guy. I mean, that's <laughs> yes, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. But I, you know, I don't know if we're talking enough, and I don't know if they would do it. I don't know if they would do it at all, but you know, with, with Charlton, you know, mm, Taco, Taco Charlton, and I know his name gets mentioned, but I, but I don't think it's as strong. I don't think it's as strong as, you know, I mean, I, I'm hearing rumors about oh, they really like the Harris kid from Missouri, you know, Basham is a kid that you brought up. I mean, like, but I'm not saying at 28, right. Second round, second target. round type and of guy. I mean, twenty. But we're, but we're really not talking about those guys. Twenty eight is the pick that everybody fixates on. But I mean, holler at me if there's somebody for uh, you know our my senior bowl guy Willis out of Kansas State. Yeah. I mean, people were talking about him as a fourth round pick. Is that that seems low to me? Like, should you be? I mean, is I there, got him in the third, and I know there's some cons- I know there's some questions about him. I have him in a third as well. I yeah. think a guy who I don't think we're talking enough about who we will be probably talking a little bit more about after the combine is Tyus Bowser from Houston. You said that. You said that. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to test really well. Uh, you know, 
played basketball two seasons at Houston. You, we know he's a good athlete. The way that he was used at Houston, it was just out of position. Well, paint the picture for us then on Bowser. Uh, you know, he, with Houston, he he lined up on the edge, but he didn't. They didn't let him, you know, pin his ears back and just get after the quarterback. But he did at the Senior Bowl, right? And yeah. he showed that athleticism. He yeah. was off. He was dropping in coverage. Uh, you know, playing the run, playing contain. They didn't let him. They let what they tried to do at Houston was. Uh, blitz with Steven Taylor up the gut or from different gaps, uh, create that interior disruption and to filter uh, the runs outside where you know that's where Bowser and the other guys would clean up. So I think once Bowser has a chance to go to the combine, test really well, mm-hmm. he's going to be in that late, somewhere in that second round conversation, might be in that uh, late round mix for the Cowboys. You see him as an end or as a... As a- I think he's an edge player. I, I, you know, he could play. He could stay like, like with Reddick, like what we've seen with him. Reddick, I think, is more of a stand-up guy. You know, he could play inside in a three-four. Uh, Bowser, to me, is, I want him rushing the passer. I, I want him trying to, you know, bend around the corner and affect the pocket. And I think that's what he does best. Yeah. Where do we stand on Dwayne Smoot right now? See, now you're starting to mention names, and I know I was a lot higher on Smoot than than Dane was. Mm-hmm. I don't see him. I mean, you're, if there, there's there's better options now. You, you look right. at Rivers, you know. You look right. at Basham. I mean, now you're talking about you know the Houston. I mean, I mean you're talking about guys. Where do you have Smoot in the third? I'm, thir- I'm in the I'm in the third. Yeah. And see, I think that's where initially I thought he was a much higher player, but then when you start looking at who else is on the board in the second round, that's the other thing. He's yeah. there. There's better players than him as a rusher on the board, and that's going to be. Those types of games. A lot of it's a numbers game. You know, there's so many. Pa- I have what, 18 pass rushers on my board that within the first three rounds. I mean, it's just it's a loaded position, and so these guys get bumped down uh, just because of a numbers game. Let me ask you this, and I mean, we brought up Barnett a couple of times now, and I'll extend this to other positions too, if you can think of them. But are there any guys that we're just kind of writing off as non-options? That maybe that's too soon to say. Like, I mean, Barnett potentially falling down. Because the they board. won't be there. No, because they will be there, and we we assume here in early February that they're like, oh, they won't be there at right, twenty eight. Right, right, right. But it's a oh, long, we saw that happen with uh, it's a long draft process. Yeah, it, it is a long draft process. Well, I mean, let's look at it. I think you mentioned the corners. I think Marshawn Lattimore, we feel good as a top ten guy, top yeah. twelve guy. But aside from that, would it really surprise you if any of these other corners would be there? Tabor White. Moreau, but would it would it surprise you if any of them, if, if all of those corners aside from Lattimore were available at twenty eight? I, I, I mean, would I be surprised? Yeah, I would be surprised for a couple of those names. Yeah, I'd be surprised on Tabor. I don't know if I would be surprised on White or Moreau, but Humphrey or Jones is another one too. Yeah. Sidney Jones yeah. is another one I have to. Every have. name that you just said is a name that not Humphrey, but every name you just said is a name that I've seen. In the mock Cow- somewhere in, in the, the Cowboys range, yeah, yeah. I, I think these corners are so so different. There's something you could poke holes in all of them, and so it wouldn't shock me if Tabor's the fourth corner drafted, the mm-hmm. fifth corner drafted. Somebody's going to fall in love with a guy more than Tabor, right? I mean, I mean because you look Humphrey, at scheme too, Humphrey. Right. Yeah, you're right about that. He's big, he's long, he's physical, and he's a speedster. He can really run. Yeah. Uh, so I think Marlon Humphrey is going to go, you know, higher, and that could push a Tabor down. That could push a Sidney Jones down. These corners are really, uh, really wild cards in the first twenty-five picks. So, aside from Lattimore, it really wouldn't surprise me if any of these guys would be available at twenty-eight. I, I do like. I went and watched your Witherspoon guy the other day. I do like him. He's a good player. He's a good player. Started playing football in senior year in high yeah. school. Boy, is he competitive? Yeah, I like him. Interested to see what he runs. Yeah, uh, is, is it a four-five-eight? Yeah, or can he get lower than that? Well, there's some guys in this thing that yeah. We had I had that experience with Freeman last night, the running back from a, a couple of different running backs. Longhorns running back. Yeah. 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 Extent and you know, same conversation. And I was actually thinking about this when you brought it up. I don't get the feeling I don't have the same feeling on the receiver pecking order. And that's that's where I turn to third after pass rusher and cornerback, me personally. I don't know how fans. So guys we're not talking about that we should be talking about. Or maybe about. they were talking you know, the Dane's right about the cow kid. Hanson. Hanson. He's right about him. Someone, I, and you know what? Okay, give me, let me ask you this: so if you had to take, if you had to take Hanson or Cup, you had to oh, take Hanson. It's, it's not, it's not a comparison. Not for me. I Hanson's a much better athlete. Um, I think he's bigger. I, I think, you know, they kind of have similar backgrounds because Hanson started his career at the. You FBS don't think level. you don't think Cup could play in the Pac-12? 
Oh no, no, no. I I like Cup a lot. I just think I just like Hanson much more. I think Cup's a solid second round guy. I think he I think he's best in the slot where he can. You have Hanson the first, don't you? I have him as a one two. Uh, you know, he's somewhere in the top forty. So. Uh, you hearing much about Chad Hanson out there? No. Yeah, here you go. Yeah. I just told you one. Yeah. I think besides Mike Williams and uh, Corey Davis. Okay, and Mike Williams is the name. Again, going back to my other point, is like you can people assume you can write him off the list, right? And I think that's fair. I agree. Other than that, Corey Davis. I'd include Corey Davis. It's unfortunate for him that he's going to be out uh, with the ankle; won't be able to compete at the combine. Um, So you know that will work against him. But as long as he you know gets healthy and there's no long term effects, he'll. Be shocked if he gets outside the top 20. Why is nobody talking about the Syracuse kid? Has he played at Syracuse? <laughs> no, don't do that. He's, uh, <laughs> I like him as a deep threat. Um, did you like him? I did. Really? Where'd I did. you put him? Put him in the third. Okay. You like him more than I do. Why don't you like him? I don't. Do, do great for me to say the name correctly. I was wondering why you didn't say it. He t- I can't pronounce it. Amba at Tawu. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I always screw it up, but he. I, I know he, my friend out there, Mighty, is just jumping through her. <laughs> she listens. She's a Syracuse grad. This is a Buddy's player a boy who you're up there in Boston. She's listening right now. She's jumping through the radio. Fifth year, fifth Syracuse. Fifth guy. year transfer from Maryland, uh, and he goes to Syracuse, and no one really. He wasn't on the NFL radar. Yeah, but he put himself in the NFL radar with uh, his production this past season. He'll catch the football now. Yeah, I, I think he's he can get the deep ball. He can locate. He can high point. Uh, I, I trust him at the top of routes. I just don't know um, what he can do as an underneath target. The Senior Bowl. I was hoping for a little bit more from him. He didn't. He didn't do enough for me at the Senior Bowl. I like him on the on day three, as you know, in the fifth round range. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not see a top one hundred guy like you. I said I, I thought this guy was a finisher. I really did. I mean, that was something I put in my notes. I, and that home run hitter. Mm-hmm. He's six. He's six one. He's one hundred ninety eight pounds, and he's like four five, middle four five guy. But you watch him play. He'll take his route inside. He's got some toughness. Catch slants, ends. You know, he'll do those types of things. I, I, I saw a guy with, a, with, with you know, with the quarterback situation not being great. Yeah, yeah, saw a pretty high catch radius there. That's Dino Babers up there. Right? Yeah, yeah, he 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 knows how to move the ball around. Who, who do you like better, him or um, the A and M kid? Reynolds? Oh, I, I'll take I'll take Syracuse all day on that okay. one. You're on me about that A and M kid. They it's oh, they, no, they, I, they, yeah you you don't like him at all. No no no, I initially did Reynolds. Yeah, I I don't like Reynolds, and that's why. See, I started off liking Reynolds, right. and all of a sudden now it's like all these names like Henderson, Zay Jones. Darbo, Darbo. Smith. I mean, all these guys came up. Darbo's a player. I like him a lot. You have Darbo in the third? I have him as a 2-3. Have you looked at our Darius Stewart yet, Alabama? Yeah, I did. I didn't like him as much. No? I like him. He's a 2-3 for me as well. I, these, this, the day two receivers this year are tough to separate. He's kind of a he's kind of all over the place as a player. Well, he is. He's, he was a high school quarterback. You he know, read the still, jet sweep right. and the, yeah, the, they, they tried to get the ball in his hands yeah, they however did. they could. Yeah. And you know he's he's a high school quarterback. He's like he's a still, reckless player, isn't he? He is. He's, he's he flails a lot. Flailing, yeah. Right. That's but, what I mean by reckless. Yeah, and that, that's fair. There's nothing tight to his game. He'll get better. He'll get better. <laughs> two three. Yeah, he's a two three. If you if you think back to last year, better in Westbrook. No, Westbrook's more of a home run hitter. I've got him in two. Westbrook, Oklahoma, by the way. They had 34 and 67 last year, and we spent a lot of time talking about what a great spot that was to pick a receiver. You're, you feel, I mean, like, on, like listening to y'all talk, it sounds like you feel better about these guys, even with later picks. I think they could get a guy that can help them. Yeah, oh, yeah. How I really late, do. How late, though? That's, I mean, pick threes somewhere in the 90s. Who all do you have in the, in the fourth round? Like uh, Taylor, would that be a consideration? For I've you? got him in the third. In the fourth, I have uh, well, like a three-four. I have Noah Brown uh, from Ohio State, Bucky yeah. Hodges, Virginia Tech. Oh, so Spencer. you don't like Bucky jo- Hodges as a tight end? He's not a tight end. That's what I'm saying. Everybody's asking me like no. Bucky Hodges tight end. I haven't seen him play tight he, end. He doesn't once. have a tight end body, and he yeah. doesn't play tight end at Virginia Tech. Yeah, he's listed at tight end as a roster, and that's the only place he plays tight end. Yeah. Um, so he's, I mean, he'll be listed at tight end probably at the combine, but he's not a tight end. 
This is exactly what I wanted because we just got roughly, I don't know, 10 new names for guys that were not – I mean, you've heard yeah. the names, but they're not on no, no, the radar. No, no, you're, you're mission accomplished, David Hillman. And just and I mean, I just know for a fact we'll be talking about somebody in Oh no, we will in April yeah. that we're not talking we about right now. We okay, well that's all the time we have today. I want to thank everybody out there for two weeks till the combine. Yeah, two weeks to the combine. We'll have a show next Thursday. Once again at eleven AM. Make sure you're checking out all of Dane's work on CBSSports.com. He does a podcast, too, with uh, Jeff Cavanaugh. Trust the tape. Yeah, trust the tape. It's also a good little listen. I was on it last week. Make sure you're checking that out. Uh, I know that Jeff and, and Dane would appreciate that. With Make sure you're looking at David Hellman. He's coming up with a lot of really cool stories, too. We're in our free agency series. We're about to be done with that. And then we're about to get into the roster a bit for the Cowboys. So that'll be cool. So all good there. But for uh, our executive producer, Kent Garrison, uh, for also for Ed Cahill, for Derek Eagleton, Taylor Stern for always pushing our stuff out. We want to thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you this time next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!